some snow, which is not normal. Uh, I didn't get we didn't get a lake of snow in the city, but north of the city, it's a lot of uh, snow that was going on. So that's new for us down here. But uh, I guess it's the winter time, so it is what it is. But Right. We have some crazy things to talk about in the HBCU community. And I know, you know, firsthand with North Carolina A&T, that was a shocker to me. Right. To get right into it. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to put a perspective of the Board of Trustees. I think what their expectation, their reasoning was, uh, try to get a perspective of the fans and alumni and uh, supporters of the school and what you know they think about it. And I've got a chance to talk to a number of alums and also just some students and supporters as well. So, you know, from a, from a, I would say, alumni standpoint, it's a little bit of a, a, a concern. You know, you want to see the progression. You want to see the transition. Hopefully, the Board of Trustees is using this to move into a stepping stone of becoming maybe the first, uh, you know, FBS HBCU that's the plan down the line. Uh, but if you look at it from a competition standpoint now, mm-hmm. uh, you're not you're not going up in competition. Honestly, uh, from a Big South football, basketball, track and field, volleyball aspect, it's not an upgrade in terms of competition. But looking at some of the talking points that one of the followers was able to send to me from a financial standpoint, you have a much smaller geographical footprint now. So you can travel North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. Right. Not necessarily for football and basketball, but for all your title sports. And so mm-hmm. that's how a lot of that travel that they were in, comparing a lot up to Baltimore, going down to Tallahassee, uh, with a lot of these various uh, Title IX sports. And so I think that's a, a cost savings. I'm not sure what the payout is. I don't know if we'll ever know, but with the payout of these companies per member school, whatever types of TV deals that they're working on, I don't know what that was, was promised. But from a financial standpoint, I think it's a win or I feel like it's a win for the institution. And that's what ANC's board of trustees have been pushing. I think it's a, a way for them to get a little bit of a footprint looking at what Hampton did last year. Right. Um, they transitioned over in 2017, started playing football in 2018 there. And this year, um, you know, we're at five and seven, one and five in the conference. Um, didn't necessarily have a have a good year in the, in the Big South. But uh, going to 2021, looking at the athletes and the coaching staff and the recruiting that ANT has, they should be able to go and dominate that league and dominate that uh, that conference. But Track and field definitely going to dominate it. Right. Um, basketball right now, women and men going to dominate that conference, um, and some of the other Title IX sports as well that you see, obviously. So, from a fans alumni perspective, and I'm gonna let you chime in on this one. Mm-hmm. But I, as a Tennessee State alum, uh, playing the OBC, you have basically three or four HBCU games to start the season. Then you got an OVC schedule. It's terrible. It's boring. It's not good. It's not fun. It's no excitement. Um, school that you take, you're talking about Charleston Southern, Campbell. Are you excited to go to a Gardner Webb game? Are you excited to see uh, Monmouth come in town or 
Kempton State. Yeah, you want the fans to travel. You want some excitement of playing to the net rivals. You still play North Carolina Central, uh, maybe Florida and M, South Carolina State. Um, you know, but it, that big South football schedule is going to be terrible, especially the, the, the cities and the towns you have to go to. And, uh, you know, same thing with Hampton. Um, they kind of fell off the map this year in terms of football exposure. Right. You didn't see them on TV. No celebration bowl. No, you know, million-dollar bonuses for winning games. Um, no sweat. Yeah, kickoff challenge. So, yes, the end of the really focus on the South games. Um, unless it's playoff time. And Kansas State or somebody is in the playoffs. But I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a win-win financially. I feel like it's a lose for the fans and alums mm-hmm. who are, you know, excited to go have Gho play against the HBCU now. Get ready for Gho against Radford. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, the last thing I'll say on this one too, and I know you got a bunch of feelings about it, but you know, from a from a from a stadium standpoint and an actual size of institutions, the largest institution in the Big South, the, the not the associate members, but the largest, is nine thousand. That's Radford in terms of enrollment. Mm-hmm. So you know, got schools who are hovering around three to four to five thousand in terms of enrollment, um, and not the associate members, but the standard, uh, the current members, nine thousand is the highest enrollment. So I don't know if it's a vertical move, but I think it's a, a move. I don't know if I can't see vertical. Right, right. Yeah, man. I mean, it's tough. I, I've seen a lot. A lot of people have been sending it to me. Um, I guess just the biggest thing, it just kind of ties in while we were there. It's in the whole. 2020 preeminence plan, you know, and you guys can look that up too uh, with A&T, but just strategically trying to diversify, but also, uh, you know, like you said, reducing cutting costs, the travel, I read, I read that as well. So that's, uh, that's interesting that you found that too. Um, but I think also just, they want to just step up and, you know, get, get to that next level. Like you said, where they're trying to recruit the top biggest talent. They had like 13 signed for signing day, I believe for football yeah. but definitely track like it's track is just kind of different right like you got people that are going to Oregon and things like that like that are going making the right. U- USA team right now that are current Aggie you know alums um right. but I just feel like I, I just feel like it was like kind of bound to happen because I kind of seen some of the moves like Chancellor Martin has made and he's by no means like doesn't want to kill HBC culture I don't think that I think he's looking at it as a way to maybe, you know, maybe make another move too. I don't, I don't, I don't, I necessarily don't see A&T staying in the Big South forever. I think he's trying to make a bigger play and seeing that, you know, HBCUs can go higher. So I think that's probably his position. And also too, I mean, we have some great people on our board that are very smart, that are, that are great at business, right? Like they worked out a deal where BB&T is given to the stadium. They're doing some innovative, innovative ways where, you know, now, for the football team, they can make some more money for them or they're, you know, getting more concessions. They added beer. So like they're doing some different things holistically, I think where they just want to improve sports as a whole uh, for A&T. But I just don't, I don't really see it permanent. I feel like people think that it's going to be like this forever and say it doesn't work out well, right? Like they can come back to the MEAC, but I just felt a little bit more disappointed because like A&T success over the past five years has really just been predicated on, 
you know, being that MEAC champion and it's like, now we're leaving, right? So, like, that was kind of my thing. I was kind of like, okay, kind of saw it coming, but the way, I guess, like, the way it was just announced and how people, the media picked up on it very fast before the transition, I think it just surprised everyone. And then there was a little bit of pushback from alumni. Um, but the decision is done. The football team, I, I wish them much, much success. I hope it, it is a successful journey and transition, but I really don't see the Big South being A&T's final destination. I don't, I don't think that. No, no. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it is a, is a play that is a stepping stone. I mean, right. I can see them probably doing this, trying to parlay this for three, four or five years, and then possibly going to the Sun Belt or some type of, uh, uh, you know, Southeastern-based football and uh, that type of conference. Because football definitely pays the bills, and that's what uh, is, is basically the basis behind this, even though it has success and, you know, the track and field program ends up with this dominating but from a revenue standpoint, it's really all predicated around football. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, um, you know, what some other schools have done in terms of transitions over the years, I look at what Charlotte has done. Uh, you go to Charlotte, they went from, you know, an FCS program. They didn't have football at FCS uh, for a couple of years, and then they went FCS. Same thing with Georgia State. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically started a program. Um, 10 years from not having a program to transitioning from F- FCS and then going to FBS, boom, within 10 years. So um, dollars and cents definitely make sense being in one of those type of uh, group of five conferences. And so I see that is, you know, where, where ANT's play will be. Um, the thing is, too, you know, when you're dominating a certain conference, a lot of times outsiders push you to transition up. I mean, going back to South Carolina State, Back in the 70s, I think when they won the BAC in, I think, 73, 74, 77, 78, um, it was a lot of pushback for them. Hey, they're dominating the BAC. They need to go up in competition. It's not fair anymore. They're going up. Same thing with North Dakota State. Um, you know, they need to beat plenty of D1 FBS teams. And so it's probably going to push for them to go up soon. Because I think they won seven out of the eight national championships. Right. Um, so I can see them, you know, Joining, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there ever will be uh, Big Ten or, or, or Pac-12, but I can see them going um, to a to a group of five conference. So we'll see. Man. It's uh, I think it's a playoff. I think it's a stepping stone. To be yeah, we'll see. It's just. Kind of sucks now you got people that are like, hey, maybe we might get another play at the Celebration Bowl, and like now it's like, hey, we're not. We're not there anymore, yeah. so it's kind of sucks in that aspect. I wish I could have went to one of them, but we'll see. Yeah, we got one more year. Yeah, we got one more year. Yeah, we got one I more mean, year, so. so we'll see. But it, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. With some of the players that are leaving that I've seen playing, I, I can see them going to another celebration bowl possibly, but I, I'm not as certain as I was this past year. Correct. Yeah. I mean, your quarterback's gone. I yeah. mean, Jermaine Martin was a beast. I mean, he's, he's out of there. So a lot of uh, your, your your strong leadership, definitely from an offensive and defense perspective, are, are out of there. And uh, mm-hmm. so it, it's going to be an interesting year in the MEAC to see who's going to come out since a and may be on a little bit of a downswing um, with a lot of seniors getting, uh, graduating. So, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much my take. But I, 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 tr- I trust the board. I'm, I'm comfortable with the board that we have. They – you got people like Janice Bryan Howard, the first African American woman to own a billion dollar business. You got Chancellor Martin. Those two, I feel yeah. like, are the strongest on the board right now. And then William Deese is doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes too. 
business school grad. That's the one that donated for the clock tower. So, uh, you got some people that get, you know, some, some outside consultants too doing some stuff. So I think they're making some strategic stuff, but with the state legislature and things like that, that they're dealing with, uh, I just feel like they're just doing a lot of outside type of stuff to get some more resources for the school. Um, but, but yeah, so that's that, uh, terms of, Terms of business, I guess the, the good updates is a uh, cool thing is we've, we lo- launched the HBCU bestseller list. So if there's any HBCU authors, professors, they can, they can come on to the marketplace and we're giving money back to, to HBCU business schools, helping them out. So that's like awesome. Yeah. That, that's done. So we're, we've been rolling that out. Um, some dope HBCU businesses, I would say this week that I've seen actually out in Oakland at the Black College Expo. It's a girl, Hampton grad. Uh, her brand is called College Girls Brand. Pretty dope. Uh, her name's Monty. So yeah, she's been she's been doing good. She sold out actually yesterday. So it was great seeing a lot of black people from Oakland, a lot of kids yesterday getting accepted to go to school. So uh, that's the that's the biggest one that comes to my mind. I've been seeing her work very diligently trying to build a team kind of around her business or clothing line. So uh, that's the big one. Then, like I said, the bestsellers list is great. So now we have an HBCU bestsellers list. I wish you'd think we would have had something like this years ago, but so I'm happy we have something like that now. And yeah, um, we see, I see some people from FAMU joined in, dropping some FAMU love in there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's pretty much, those are pretty much my business updates, man. You got any other updates you want to talk about? Any other sports? Yeah, a couple of things that happened um, the last uh, few weeks that I think were really, really big. And um, Alfred Street held their 18th uh, HBCU fair. Mm. And I think that's an amazing event. Um, several hundred uh, kids in attendance there. Um, so many different schools. I want to say 70 plus different HBCUs mm. over there that held that um, two weeks ago. I think that's an amazing opportunity for students in Maryland and that Northern Virginia area to get a chance to go to a career fair or student fair and see all these various HBCUs. And I think uh, opportunities like that are, are priceless and it's a great experience to have that mm. group. So um, salute to Alfred Street. Another thing too that's actually really cool that I'm excited about coming up for uh, February the 29th, um, HBCU night that they picked off at Brooklyn at Barclays mm-hmm. Arena last week. Um, so I think that's a really cool event. They got Charlotte coming up in some different areas mm. around the, the United States and, and uh, hosting at the various uh, NBA arenas. And so I think that's an uh, amazing opportunity for you know, students to come out and get some experience, have a great panel on these different locations mm. to uh, get some more knowledge about scholarships and how, how you know, admissions and admissions and trying to uh, further your education in terms of the HBCU. So any type of career fairs or uh, a lot of spring bus tours that are going to various HBCUs, those HBCU tours are amazing. So whenever time people send me or DM me information about uh, tours, definitely get that out the masses is handy because um, that's an opportunity that you may not know of in your in your neighborhood in your city that you know some people are putting together some various stores or some various schools you can see this spring. And so always encouraging that, and then I will see you know how uh, the spring goes. A lot of upcoming tours, so excited. Mm. 
Yeah, that's good, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's another thing I forgot to update you. I want to share with you too. Uh, so they just got done doing an HBCU caravan tour here on the West Coast, starting from SoCal all the way to the Bay Area. So uh, a lot of kids have been getting accepted. They've been going to local high schools from, like I said, starting in LA, working their way up all the way through uh, Fresno, Bakersfield, California. Um, also uh, the whole Bay Area region. So they, a lot of kids got accepted. I, I would say thousands of like kids got accepted on this caravan tour. They got some LA Times coverage, which was pretty awesome. And one of the schools uh, in Linwood, which is like next to Compton, California. So uh, it's great seeing a bunch of HBCUs commit to students on the West Coast because they necessarily don't get the same outreach, right? In terms based on based on location. So I found that very, very awesome. Uh, and then another thing I wanted to ask you, how was uh, how was the Battle of the Bands? Listen, that experience, man, that was really good. I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, the, the media team there for putting together the opportunity for various platforms and outlets to get a chance to, to film a lot of the various bands, uh, major red dancers uh, you know, on the field. And mm -hmm. so that was a great experience. We got a chance to, to meet up with a lot of different outlets and take some really good content um, of all eight of the bands. And so crowd participation was awesome. Um, you know, it was, was an almost a packed out stadium. We did have some upper level uh, that was not completely filled, but from a, a cold, clean day, you know, in Atlanta, over 50 plus thousand to attend about the bands um, with uh, great performances over there. So, um, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Got a chance to interview uh, the singer Tank beforehand. Oh wow! Ask him some great questions too about you know some of his experiences and some of these inspiring musicians who are out on the field uh, mm -hmm. that's about to perform, and you know what some advice that he would give uh, to those uh, inspiring musicians in the industry and what mm -hmm. he's learned. So um, great experience with that, and uh, being able to network it and see all of the various uh, schools. I learned something talking with the, uh, you know, Hampton. They just got back from Rome. And uh, mm -hmm. we're, you know, having some conversation about that. It's a pretty good experience. Also, the State is going to the Rose Bowl next year. That was something that we were discussing with some uh, um, the, the, the leaders that were there. And, and mm -hmm. Benedict had some good conversation um, with them. And also, AMT was there. And Jackson State, I really a fan of uh, J5, those drum majors, um, they definitely represented Fort A&M, mm -hmm. uh, did well, Rambling, uh, definitely uh, had a good performance and career view. So all eight of the bands definitely put on a great show. Mm -hmm. The football was entertaining the entire time. They got a big swag surf going on in the stadium. <laughs> and uh, it, it rocked out. It actually was pretty good. So I got some footage on the uh, ABC alum page. So check okay. it out. Okay, I gotta check that out then. But yeah, man, that's pretty Absolutely. much it. You got any other anything anything else to add? No, man. I'll actually I'll be at uh, Orange County this week. Um, okay. So I'll I'll, I'll text you. I'll hit you up about some stuff. I'll be out there this week. So uh, yeah, man. Um, looking forward to a good week, and hopefully it's getting warmer We're across the south, and um, getting excited for uh, you know. This, rest of spring semester a lot of great weeks that are going on on campus and mm -hmm. um you know, hopefully we can get through this cold so 
All right, yeah, seems good. Yeah, I saw I saw my cousin put some stuff up too. I was like, dang, it's snow there. I, I literally just saw that before we hopped on. That's pretty right. crazy. But uh, but yeah, man. So yeah, just when you whenever you get out here, just feel free to text me. I'm and then now I'm closer to like the Long Beach area, so like Orange County's right there. So that's perfect. Okay. You can do that. But uh, okay. but yeah. So that's that, man. So thank you guys for joining in on HBCU News. As we said, we do these on Sundays. And also we do our startup interview series right now. We're going to start doing, trying to roll out the professionals next, but uh, check it out. We got some great content. I've been interviewing some entrepreneurs just throughout the week when I have time. Um, but yeah, search HBCU news on all your preferred podcast platforms, Apple podcasts, Spotify, everything you can check out. We'll be discussing all the real issues that are happening on this campuses. And if you guys have things that we may not see, or we don't see about your campus, I want you guys to feel free to DM us. We're, we're very responsive. So send us information that you guys want us to share out what's happening on your campuses as well for the students. And uh, also the alumni too, if you guys find any stories you guys think we should highlight, feel free to uh, send that send that our way. So thank you guys and uh, have a great night, Terrence. Absolutely, have a great one, y'all. Be good. All right, bye.